OTB GAA Burns was on another planet this year boys like in the first half of the All-Ireland final this year Old Murphy put a puck out down Burns puts the claw up and puts it back over the bar like. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember Effortless Shave Magnificent Mo. You know, that wasn't an All-Ireland winning performance. Probably should have won the game based on the second half performance. Is it a step too far to say it was the performance so far of the World Cup? Maybe not. OTBAN's performance rankings with Gillette. I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head at performances which just lack that intensity. Yes, indeed. We're going to start on these performance rankings with, in the red, Johnny Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, I suppose fans might be tuning in and thinking, this is very harsh. We, were, we, we won the game. We beat Bournemouth. But, uh, look... 2-0 down, a uh, bit of a sorry display. Came back to win 3-2. Um, I'd, I'd, you'd wonder with, with Tottenham, because if you look at the, the, the Premier League standings, Johnny, you kind of have to be fairly positive for them because they're not doing that badly. But performance-wise, you'd be, you'd be fairly concerned. Hyungmin Son hasn't been the Hyungmin Son that we've come to know and love. He's had some cracking games for Spurs this season, but it's consistency, I think. Um, Matt Doherty's got a little bit of opportunities on the right... The right back as well for Spurs, but they're having troubles. I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel as a Spurs fan because you got the win at the weekend, and yet scraping over the line is probably the best way to describe it. Yeah, the the I think the scrap for the top um, ter- like third and fourth down anyway in the Premier League is very very hard to call because Manchester United have been solid, and in general the rest just aren't. Um, they're not uh, developing much consistency, or they don't look very. Uh, you know, we could talk about Chelsea as well, but they don't look uh, like they're, they're they're that cohesive. And Spurs um, have been poor really since since give or take the Man United game. You mentioned Son, like he got those goals against Leicester, and that looked like it might turn his season. I don't know what the story with him is. He just look he looks a shadow of the player that he was, and. Uh, you know, if they if if Spurs are playing a counter attacking game, but he's not really on his game, and Lacane's not that fast, like so they they're probably um, caught between a rock and a hard place a bit at the moment. And uh, yeah, as you say, they won, and their point tally's not bad, but they're not really playing well. I don't know about Doherty as well. I don't know will he be able to get um, a regular place in that team. I think he's. I'm not actually sure he's at the level to be a really good wing back in the Premier League, um, pace wise or in general at this stage. Maybe I'm wrong. I, what I like about Doherty is he's, and it's to his detriment sometimes as well, he's so honest in his post match interviews. Mm. Like he's one of these these players that doesn't hold back. He, he says it as it is. If he thinks he's played shite, he'll say that. Um, and he has been known to say that as well. So I think, it, I think it's endeared him to a lot of Spurs fans in that he's totally honest up front. When he's played bad, he'll say it. But. Um, I don't know. I, I'm starting to think that Antonio Conte does like him in, in, in recent weeks. Mm. I know Emerson was kind of out suspended for a bit and that gave him a, a chance in the team, but there are areas ac- across that pitch for Tottenham where you're like, they're just lacking. They're just not good enough. Um, they can't get much control in games either. That's that's my kind of reading mm. of them. And uh, it'll be interesting if they're, I think they're playing Liverpool shortly, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Cause it's Sunday, that's going to be a... That's a huge game. Yeah, I don't know if we have if we have Liverpool in on the rankings there if they're listed or not. Um, but um, they're there, just they're, in the red with with Tottenham. Okay, so we can we can probably segue into that. I mean, if you read if you read like if you looked at the uh, the, the recent results, Liverpool were expected to beat Leeds, but Leeds Leeds is uh, their XP and their XG. If you believe in that stuff, they're actually playing better. And in fairness, Jesse March, he was saying like we. We should be getting more points than we're getting. Um, I don't know with Liverpool at the moment. Um, 
Phil Egan was just pointing out as we were coming out there the, 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 the striking thing for him was that Jesse Marsh was imploring his players to get the ball as quickly as possible at one all <laughs> yeah, rather than back like, into play Leeds hadn't won at Anfield what in 20 years 21 years yeah. and Van Dijk hadn't lost a home uh, league game but I mean it, I've watched a lot of Liverpool this season and they're, they're, they're just not there at all there's so many issues there the goals that they gave away again um, and Klopp is this going to be like the end? Is this the beginning of the end? Is this the, the Dortmund days all over again where it just runs out of steam towards the end? Which will be sad because it looks now like that all Liverpool um, will have to show in terms of winning the leagues was that league they won during the pandemic, which I think just wasn't quite the same as much as they won the league. It would be lovely for them to win it in front of their fans and they're miles off at the moment and his reflection that I think, Shane, that they're in a battle for the top four is true and they just, they just look tired. They just look like their legs aren't there. Yeah, and, and the thing that would worry me if you're a Liverpool fan is is there's this constant talk of the World Cup being a reset button. The, the words reset button have been used so often this Liverpool team. They're like, oh, look, let's get to the World Cup. We'll reset. But there's no guarantee that after the World Cup, things will improve. No. Um, and, and you look at how this... The thing that worries me most, and I'll, we'll, of course, bring this up with Gareth Roberts later on, is how slowly Liverpool are starting games. Like So of 12 Premier League games this season, they've conceded first in eight of them. Amazing. And of those and of those eight, four of them, I think, were within the first 16 minutes they'd conceded goals. So, like, another, that's not a good sign. Another stat, which uh, I was making this up on Saturday night, if you take out the Bournemouth game, Liverpool have a negative goal difference this season. Yeah. Yeah. So that's incredible, really. Like the, the Bournemouth game, Bournemouth, funnily enough, did press the reset button after that and went on a great run. Um, Liverpool, you just wonder, you know, Klopp, Klopp, I think he spoke for like at length in one answer after the game, almost like a kind of a monologue in terms of like. He looks pissed off, doesn't he? In, in yeah, the press he spoke to Yannick Fjordhoft after, I think it was possibly the Arsenal game and his body language he just looks tired himself almost um, quite snappy at, at reporters as yeah. well nothing wrong with that of course when you've lost a game and you're not feeling the pressure um, yeah. but I, I, I think as well I, I feel that the demands on players you know you, you, you read the paper today and you're like Jesus there are more games tonight again like it's just it's constant 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 Liverpool as, mu- as much as they can take it a little bit easier against Napoli tonight they're banging into action again and to me they're just they're just tired they look tired a couple of comments coming in. Johnny Danny Mac one says losing one hour of daylight should be in the red. I think we'll all agree. Um, yeah, absolute. it seemed like, it seemed a good idea yesterday morning, but you know yeah. when you wake up, when you get the extra hour in uh, in bed as well, you're like, oh, this is great. But then then you're a bit of a mad one, isn't it? It's bizarre. Changing the clocks around, like it's 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 almost yeah. like you know taking the roads in or something. Like who who'd be thinking of this? Uh, we're getting uh, some comment in from from Bob Dwyer as well, our resident Spurs fan here on the OTBAM comments. Tottenham in the red. Away from home, two down, he came back to win 3-2. 19 corners, dominated possession and attempts on goal. Good second half, third in the league, top of our Champions League group. Liverpool ninth in the league, lost to Leeds at home this weekend and higher than them in the performance rankings. If that was United coming back from 2-0 down against Bournemouth away from home, you'd be lauding it as great character. I think there, <laughs> there, is, an, there is an argument that maybe, look, tonight will, will dictate a lot of what we're thinking of Spurs at the minute because if, if they can't emerge from this Champions League group, and Marseille, like I was just looking, even the Marseille team, there's four, four uh, players with Arsenal links. Yeah. So they, they, they were just, like, you've got Alexis Sanchez, Sead Kolasinac, Matteo Granduzzi, and uh, Nuno Tavares, who's actually on loan this season from the Emirates. So uh, a lot of Marseille players there who would absolutely love nothing more than to knock Spurs out of the Champions League group. Great teams. atmosphere there tonight and all that. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. They can't, they've no fans and, and Conte has no, got his touchline ban. 
So he's fan, of course, yeah. He's not going to be play, He's not going to be there either. So uh, look, Bob, I understand uh, it is, and it is. Look, even Shane C says harsh on Spurs lads. This time last year, they were seventh and third in the Europa Conference League group. If they were managed by someone other than Conte, people would think they are overachieving. Um, yeah. I, I would still you'd still have to have concerns if you're a Spurs fan. It's not it's not all there. Like the, the win of the weekend, look away from home, got the three points. Fair enough. Uh, it's the manner of the performances. I think mm. maybe harsh. Maybe we could have put Liverpool. We could have put Spurs. Chelsea in as well. To be fair, yeah. Look, um, I'll apologize. I'll take the hit for that. Uh, Spurs should have been ahead of Liverpool there. I would say, but Potter was a little bit harshly treated. I thought Potter. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. With the booze from the from the Brighton fans. Mm. Bizarre. Bizarre. Let's get to the let's get to the Amber Johnny. So uh, Munster, um, Munster, yeah. This, look, they lost Munster, but um, I think there are definitely pros, and we'll talk to Alan Quinlan. Um, they couldn't deal with uh, Ulster's mall at all in the first half. It was just time and time again. Um, I actually, when Quinny was on last week, I was asking what sort of uh, response would the Munster fans give in the sense that they are they seem to be in transition for quite some time here, but you know they've made a poorish start to the season. Jesus, it seemed to be an unbelievable atmosphere in the ground. Like when Munster scored the try in the second half, the place gone absolutely wild. And um, obviously, then missed the conversion to potentially win the game. Um, and in fairness, like Munster are the kind of stretched the limit a bit. Ulster come in with with a far from ideal prep as well, but ultimately they did win the game, and um, that's a question mark for Munster. But a very very controversial yellow card incident as well. I like to talk about Quinny. I thought um, that's the sort of stuff we need to stamp out of the game. But another defeat for Munster. Um, great weekend for the Irish provinces. Apart from Munster, Connacht were brilliant. Um, played some lovely rugby and got a deserved win after falling. I think they were twelve nil down. Um, but Munster, yeah, it was a defeat. Albeit, um, I think they'll, they'll definitely take some green shoots from it as well. Just looking like the, 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 the games Munster have lost. So when they lost to Cardiff Dragons and Connacht, they were fairly brutal. Um, the Leinster and Ulster defeats you could maybe look at them and say well there were some, some good good positive signs from those defeats albeit they lost the games like missing over 20 players for that Ulster game at the weekend as well yeah I think Roundtree as well afterwards in fairness was definitely extolling the positives of it they made some really poor really sloppy handling errors in the first half and could have won the game but uh, yeah I th- it'll be interesting to see when they play Leinster where they're at at that stage which is I think that's about four games time like yeah and that's the thing you look at their their remaining fixtures um, I just don't know they've got they, they have to get these URC playoffs next year's Champion, Champions Cup if they can 11 games left look at the fixtures they've left they still have to play Leinster again they've travelled Belfast um, and a double header in South Africa so that's four very difficult games out of those 11 the other seven are, certainly aren't, aren't on a par in terms of difficulty so they could they could look at targeting those seven games and get maybe five, six, seven wins in them um, but yeah it just it's, it's been one of those seasons where Munster fans must be just tearing their hair out and thinking it's tough because it's probably a period of transition uh, and look it's Graham Roundtree trying to stamp his authority on the team as well but sometimes it takes that in any sport it takes a transition period where you have to accept that results aren't going to be all there but but slowly but surely the results will get better you'd imagine I think as well like uh, you know Leinster do this time time again but I think the the necessity of having to bring in so many second string players is probably going to be a good thing for them um, yeah. in some respects longer term give them game time and uh, you know see see what they're about and I, I think some of their some of Munster's play from 
uh, in the second half was very very good and uh, I'm sure Quinny will have some positives from it as well but uh, yeah it was, a, it was a really good game actually to watch a shifty lad says think Johnny should be in the red with those rankings um, I'll take the blame for it as well you can throw us both in it I, 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 Spurs wasn't really my um, my thing but uh, yeah I, 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 I suppose Liverpool we're blaming the producers are we? yeah we're blaming yeah, okay. the producers we're going right. to throw them under the bus here <laughs> um, but uh, you could have picked a few yeah um, uh, someone comments Manx as if we have Liverpool on the on the bottom, and that that comment comes in from someone with the YouTube handle "Feed the Mank Rats," so <laughs> that'll teach you what they think about uh, Manchester United, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, but I think we can all agree. But look, we'll take Tottenham off the bottom, and we'll put the losing the hour of daylight onto the bottom. And I, think, <laughs> I think we can all agree on that one. And yeah, we'll put Tottenham and Liverpool next to each other. It's 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 going to sit set in now. Yeah, tonight when you're jeez, it's dark yeah. at like half five. Or whatever. It's just one of those when you see the traffic and the lights coming on and. Just not, it's not good but, it's um, definitely harder to get up in the morning like when I'm OTBAM like I do this all year round and when you get up in the summer and you know you're oh, comfortably beaten by the dawn it's, it's ball, beautiful yeah. to get up this morning it's much much harder you're cycling down the canal it's much colder lights are on and in some respects there's nobody home there is yeah and you're, dri- or you're driving up the M1 like I was um, mm. with, the, with the other rat racers trying to get into the big city um, let's move on to the green Johnny uh, I don't know what shade of green I guess you can call it the yellowy green just, just, just before the, the, the top one uh, but Shelburne uh, in the Women's National League back to back titles for them after, after thrashing Wexford yeah it's funny just reading this this morning there's a real um, it's almost like shades of the the loss the brain drain of players to uh, Australia in the in the Gaelic football side yeah. of things where um, I I just don't know the answer to this shells win back to back titles but like speaking to uh, our producer Emma coming out who's totally immersed in this she says what they've lost seven players in the last twelve months July to July give or take uh, likes Chloe Mustaki um, and this is going to happen again. Um, in the sense of so Sir Shalun and Sue and Mustaki all lost and in the sense of you, you celebrate these victories and then you wonder well where are these players going to end up next season are very good players and also then the in, in one sense that might be good for the other clubs that they can kind of catch up but I just don't know what the answer is to monetise it for the clubs because like League of Ireland clubs are extremely well run at the moment compared to the basket cases that they've long been but um, and the, you know the coverage that the women's game is getting now is is um, almost like as a League of Ireland uh, fan you're almost envious of it from the men's game because League of Ireland men's coverage um, leaves a lot to be desired at times um, but it's getting great coverage um, crowds are on the increase standards are up um, there's a brilliant end to the season with three teams in with a goal Shelburne deserving to win but I guess Shane the problem is um, Shell's problem started this morning I guess when they're now like well how do we try to lock these pairs down um, for next season the likes of Abby Larkin who's very young and promising as well brilliant player Um, she could become a post regard for Irish football but she probably again end up going to England because that's just the reality of it Yeah, I don't know what the answer is I know and even when you, when you look at the, the even the names on the, goal, on the scoring sheet so they beat, Shelburne beat uh, Wexford Youth 4-0 away from home in Ferry Carrick Jesse Stapleton Alex Kavanagh Megan Smith-Lynch Abby Larkin you are wondering and we, like we spoke myself and Jerry spoke to Joey Malone the assistant manager of Shells on the show last League, League of Ireland legend of course on the show last week and, and he brought up this issue and, and a lot of people responded to it the, the idea that at least League of Ireland clubs can get you know in the, in the men's game can get the competition financial competition that numbs losing players certainly to some degree um, in the women's game they just they just don't have that because they're not at that level of professionalism where they can get the money to, to compensate them so it's it's 
I don't know if they can turn it into even a sort of a nominal uh, professional system such that at least you do get that compensation and yeah. like with Galway United taking over the 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 women's aspect of the game in the city now Shamrock Rovers coming in um I think it's it's a, it's a really exciting time as well to uh, you know to be involved in the League of Ireland in general and I think for young girls who are aspiring to play now there's there's an outlet there that just wasn't there anymore and there's proper national rac- recognition um, it's, so it's a wonderful time but these problems aren't easily solved like I I've sympathy for shells I don't really know what they're going to do here yeah. they're trying to get their house in order after you know um, Shell's not that long ago were, were hemorrhaging money as a club and they're trying to get their house in order. They're trying to build links with college. They're trying to build links in the community um, and they, they, they're they thriving as a club. But it's not it's you know cup final to come up for the men as well. Mm. Um, and obviously the cup final this weekend is going to be interesting as well. Athlone might try to get compensation. Um, but it's it's a difficult one, Jim. Yeah, and that's the, look, that's the downside of it. Of course, aside from that, congrats to Shelburne on winning the Women's, Women's National League for the second year in a row. And as you said, Johnny, the way in which they did it... And three teams going into the last game, and Athlone Town as well doing their side of the bargain. They they won two one. They needed to beat Bows of course, and hope there was a draw in that Shells Wexford game. Uh, Scarlett Heron as well. I should give a shout out to because she's a young young girl who's from Monaghan, uh, daughter of Colin and Audrey Heron there in Monaghan Town, and um, she scored the winner for Athlone Town in that game. And uh, she's been you know kind of. Playing a lot of games in the Irish underage squads at the minute, and under seventeen, under nineteen level, I think. Uh, so she's a top talent. So uh, well done, Shelburne, and uh, hard luck to Wexford and Athlone. Of course, you were just while we're on the issue of League of Ireland. Uh, I know you were at the Galway match, for example, against Longford the weekend, but also um, unbelievably emotional scenes when Shamrock Rovers got their got their moment to lift the title, and and Stephen Bradley's young son. Um, Lump in the throat stuff, Johnny. When when you saw the, for anyone who is unaware of the story, that illness, leukemia that uh, his son Josh has gone through, and to see him there lifting the trophy with the Shamrock Rovers players, um, meant a lot to, to the club, and, and clearly meant a lot to Stephen and his family. Yeah, like obviously Rovers could be uh, top of the list here. They actually won the league, um, I think, since our last performance rankings, which was last Monday. But obviously, it almost does feel like a while ago now. Um, it's over a week since they were officially crowned uh, champions. Um, but since then, to be fair, they performed very well against Ghent Thursday. You know, I've been critical of them in the in the Conference League, but in fairness, I think they're, they're they just found they've been a little bit stretched by the roster of games and um, injuries and losing the likes of Danny Mandroyo and so on and so forth but they were very good they nearly they could have won on Thursday night and they got a very spirited draw and played your garden Thursday and I think they might give a good account of themselves despite their problems on the road it was a fake complete in terms of the Derry City game uh, Sunday unfortunately neither had anything uh, to play for in terms of winning the title Derry still have to just have to confirm second place mm. but um Rovers particularly got the job done, but I don't know. I mean, like, he's this lovely story, Stephen Bradley, about Pico Lopez giving his, his jersey to young uh, Josh and uh, wearing it as if, like, a kind of like a Halloween costume, one of these, like, onesies type things. You can imagine the yeah, smiling. Yeah. Um, That's what it's all about. Rovers won the league partly because of the body of characters in that dress room, and two of them who were. Um, I think both kind of were one side each each of Josh as he came out to you know a great reception in Tala were Pico Lopez and Ronan Finn and I from my dealings with them and all I know about them they're exactly what you'd want in a dressing room Ronan Finn's had an amazing career Absolutely. and he was very good at his peak in European combat as well for a really dynamic member of that Shamrock Rovers team 
uh, a Dundalk team rather and then changed himself to kind of become a right back for overs and, and played well into his mid-30s in that position and still does and Pico who I think they've badly missed in Europe really badly missed and have been so much better since he's come back in and the, t- the image of him getting the crowds going to uh, give Josh that big cheer and Josh then mimicking his dad's kind of celebration in front of us it's um, it's amazing to see, and I, I have so much respect for Stephen Bradley. I have no idea what he's going through, um, and he's handled himself amazingly well. And hope you enjoy the weekend, Josh. Yeah, truly lovely moment, and what sport is all about. Um, just a to touch, finally, uh, we bang out of time, but uh, the final one in green. We have Kitty Taylor, of course, after that uh, brilliant win against uh, Karen Carabajal on Saturday night. So, uh, I guess the big, the big story afterwards. She was dominant, Kitty, in this in this fight. I was watching it in the pub and. Um, Talk now, of course, of Amanda Serrano re- um, rematch in Croke Park. Eddie Hearn really pushing forward this Croke Park, as was Katie afterwards. Uh, talk in the papers as well that Chantel Cameron could be a opponent. She plays or she fights Jessica McCaskill on Saturday night, coming in Abu Dhabi uh, to become the undisputed light welterweight champion. That would give Katie the chance to become a, a two-weight champion in Croke Park. So if Serrano doesn't work out, maybe Chantel Cameron works out. But Johnny to see briefly Katie in Croke Park fighting would be. Probably the pinnacle of her career as well. Ah, oh, yeah, and I presume a lot of people in the pub were watching it, which as well. Like, um, I people scrambling to people were texting me to find out how to watch it, and uh, there was a lot of interest in it. And like, at a, speaking of Ronan and Finn, like Katie's longevity, it's it's amazing, really. And maybe I don't know. Would you say there would be a swang song feel to it, where she to have that big fight in Court Park, but it would definitely be fitting in terms of her career and the national interest in her as well. Absolutely. Uh, listen, we've got two of the comments just to finish on. Uh, comments from Patrick BQ. Well, we are starting summer here in Perth pretty soon. Beautiful spring day, 27 degrees. Life is good, lads. Jealous of the fact that it's not uh, pitch black. And I would text in from my mum, Johnny, on WhatsApp. Lads, it's a good day when you can get up. No moan November. On that note. Your, your mother is a Monaghan lady, is she? She's a Monaghan lady, yeah. yeah but yeah. I was just thinking why your family is so sound and successful. It's, <laughs> that, it's that hybrid. It's the Galway-Monaghan link because it's the Galway stuff that comes out That's at it, times Johnny. as well. You're too kind. Yeah. On that lovely note, performance rankings, Hannon family at the very top of the list in green. Uh, that is your performance <laughs> rankings this Tuesday morning. OTBAN's performance rankings with Gillette.